everybody. This is Culture and Convictions. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I am Iron Petrie along with my wife, Star Petrie, and we're here to bring you the scuttlebutt. <laughs> we we we're here to give what? it to you. Yeah, we're here to give it to I'm you not right sure if now. I give anybody scuttlebutt. <laughs> <laughs> just think about. Now, when you say it like that, it sounds just bad. Okay, you make me look bad. bad. You make me look dull. But look, we're so glad that you guys are here. Welcome to Culture and Convictions, another episode of our podcast here, where we talk about all things culture and our personal convictions. And by the way, we want to let you know up front, just in case you're new to this podcast, we are Christian people, we're believers, so we're going to come to you with a very biblical-based worldview, but we're also, when it comes to politics, we lean conservative, but at the same time, we straight. We shoot it to you straight. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it is what it is, right? The truth is the truth, and we're here on Culture Convictions, and that's what we're all about. And we're just so ha- happy that you guys chose to push play and join us. Look, uh, share this podcast with those who you know and who you believe to be interested in uh, talk about all things in our culture, from politics to, to race, religion, sports even. We talk about everything here uh, as it pertains to what's going on in the culture. So we invite your input, we invite your, your likes, your shares, and your disagreement. And we also rant. And I, I would like to start today's program with a rant. I want to start this with a disclaimer. I'm sorry. I'm going to rant. Uh Uh-oh. It's Christmas. It is. And I'm just so disappointed that I don't feel like it's Christmas. And I feel like I have to lay that at someone's feet. So I'm going to lay that at the feet of liberals who told us many, many moons ago that it wasn't proper to say Merry Christmas. Mm. It was much better, you know, more more, uh, appropriate to say happy holidays. And I want you guys to just look around you right now. Take a moment wherever you are. Think about it. How happy are your holidays? Mm. And didn't the world feel a little bit more merry and bright when we simply said, Merry Christmas? What was wrong with it? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. You know? Merry Christmas, babe. I mean, people don't even put lights up anymore. Merry Christmas You go down the street and you're just like, ah, yeah, just forget it. (laughs) You know? It's kind of bare. It's gone. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, where is the excitement that used to be Christmas? And it just used to feel different. And now it just feels like another day in the life. You know what I mean? It's like, that PC culture, man. It's just stripping everybody of everything. It. Like, you're just making just this cold, dead, joyless world. I think it does, honestly. Because you got to be so sensitive about everything. 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 Like, everything. Merry Christmas. How did that become offensive? How did Merry Christmas should I put that nativity scene out or should I not? Because I would hate for one person to come up here and call the NAACP <laughs> on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people seriously have to sit back and think about, like you said, everything that they want everything to do. Everything that they do. If they put out Merry Christmas, did they also put out Feliz Navidad? Did they also put out everything else? No, I didn't. I just said Merry Christmas. I'm telling you, man. It's that PC culture. That's what I wanted to do. It's that PC culture. And it's draining us. So that's it's draining my us. It's just, dehumanizing us, people. I just miss gotta, gotta what kick Christmas against was. It. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it just used to mean something. It used to be more. The spirit of it used to be different. And like you said, yeah. it just... They have just sucked the life out of Christmas, <laughs> you know, and they've done it. Cause you're mad about that, aren't you? They have you com- really are upset about that. Well, they've commercialized it. They've made it all about Black Friday, the Thursday before, the Friday That's after, true, the Wednesday before, the Thursday, the this, the that. I mean, at some point, it's kind of like, but it really is a time that we're supposed to be reflecting on, on giving, on being thankful, appreciative, 
Um, no one has to give me anything. I'm okay if no one yeah. gives me a thing. Because guess what? If you really love people, you've probably been blessing them all year long. So there's nothing magical about the 25th of December other than to say, thank you, Jesus. That's right. You're the greatest gift ever. That's anyway, right. But that's how all of that, that, that's where the spirit of Christmas flows from. Go ahead and kick that from. soapbox right up. Just go, just come on. I'm not going to kick it kick out in front it, of me because you know, you're going to probably need it a little bit later on in this podcast. So, so I'm going to let you have it, let you keep it. So true. But it all, you know, it all flows from the, the greatest gift ever given to us by the Father God, and that's Jesus Christ. And when you, when you start to, uh, you know, create a culture that marginalizes his preeminence, well, this is what you get, people. This, this is what you get. What you get people you fussing get. about the color of pumpkins that people decorate with on the yeah. outside of their businesses, <laughs> whether the nativity scene is right or whether it's representative <laughs> of what we think it ought to be. Not inclusive. Yeah, and not inclu- it's just it's nonsense. Not it's nonsense. And so people just decide to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. People just say, like, just like oh, forget it. Forget it, you know. <laughs> you know, my Christmas will happen inside my house. You won't know what's going you on. You won't know at thing. all. Bang. Yeah. But that is what it is, man. That's what that PC culture has done to us. It's funny. So, of course, we we promised you last program that we would we would start delving into the impeachment and all of the political theater that we've all mm-hmm. grown accustomed to. I mean, whether it's Fox, CNN, MSNBC, it does not matter. You know, oh, you, yeah. you put on any one program and you're going to hear it. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about last program was just people understanding and taking a step back from from what appears to be a Democrat versus Republican fight and really considering that 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 what's at play here is all about reminding us as American citizens that there is a, a, a higher class of people mm-hmm. unelected mm-hmm. and that we don't even assume have any influence or power, but hold all the influence and power, right? They, they pay their donors. I mean, they're the ones supporting these candidates. They're the ones that provide the lobbyists. There's an entire subculture within Washington, D.C. Yeah. that most of us are completely unaware of because, you know, all you think about is my elected representative, if you think that far, my mm-hmm. elected representative that goes to Congress um, represents my my wants, desires, and, and the things that are important to me. And what else should I know about it? Yeah. But we really don't think about the fact that there are bureaucrats. There are people that are pulling strings and influencing legislation um, that are going out of their way to shape and mold the world in a very subversive way, if we would just be honest about it. Because, you know, they get to throw rocks and hide their hand. Yeah. You know, they get to get involved in things that you don't even know. Like, how did that come about? And so this is this is the what's matriculated from this impeachment hearing is is, I think, giving the American people an insight into really what's at play. Mm-hmm. And if we get really into the weeds, we find out, wait a minute. You mean they've been talking about this entire impeachment situation since 2016? Oh, yeah. You mean that this has been in the works yeah. for years? Yeah. And they finally decided to play the card? I mean, they were talking about impeachment before they had anybody to impeach. I'm telling you. Yeah, they were setting the stuff in motion. So what we have now is we have you know President Trump, who seems relatively unbothered about it, which I can appreciate. You know what I mean? It's not a time to panic. I mean, you know, there's no really reason to do so. Yeah. Um, knowing what the Democrats have behind door number one and two, which is absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, the choices don't make you say, oh, my gosh, oh, my Man. gosh, what are they going to do? Um, there is no bribery, right? There is no high crime or misdemeanor. There is no treason. So if there's nothing that you can point to that gives a reason and a cause for you to spend countless dollars of the American taxpayers' money 
Yeah. On a on a show, on a hoax. And that's the thing a, I don't think people sit around and talk. And I, I don't let you finish, no, no, but I don't no. think that's the thing people think about. That all of this that they're watching on television, all of this that they're seeing in the news, that they're following on their phones and on their tablets and everything. This is just money. Mm-hmm. It's lots and lots of money yes, being sir. spent for what? You know, you 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 can't produce impeachable offenses. And you keep doing this. And this is not like two or three dollars. <laughs> you know, no. you, you're spending chunks of the American taxpayers money yeah. on something that, in my humble opinion, you already know is a failed pursuit. But it's a Hail Mary. It's a nuclear option. It's something you're using to 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 try to to muddy the waters with the coming election. Absolutely. And try to cast as much haze and gray area and and disarray into the whole electoral process, right? And so it's just a sad day to see uh, such a selfish use <laughs> of our resources. And that's something that I don't think people think about enough. When people are always talking about, well, this one's well President Trump's this and President Trump's that and and just well well the thing is is it impeachable? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There there are things that are there are things that are done in everyday life by all of us that may be things that are not perfect. Mm-hmm. But are those things impeachable, quote unquote, in our own lives? Like or in a marriage, in a home, in a job, but you know what I'm saying? Right. And and if those things aren't there, you don't want to be impeached. Right. <laughs> and so to speak, in whatever area of life you're living in. And uh but but when it comes to this, everybody's sitting up there and they're they're in the weeds and not really looking at the fact that, man, there's a whole lot of waste going on here. Well, just a ton of it. It's definitely that. And then it's also just this you you create this idea that the very possibility of something occurring is as though it occurred mm-hmm. and yeah. that is not <laughs> yeah that's not how it works either something actually did occur or it or it didn't either you got so facts. if that's the case then let's rewind the clock and let's go back to whenever that was i guess that would be 2008 time frame when president uh, obama was sitting across from the president of russia and he told him um after the election yeah i'll have some more flexibility right that's exactly right. That's what he said. Yeah. And they got him on camera saying it, okay? Exactly. But no one was calling and no one was um, implying that there was a high crime or misdemeanor afoot no. or that just possibly. Nobody could, even seemed to be interested in, in what that meant. And even, yes. And yeah. even, like, what, and what, even what, where's that going? What that means. <laughs> but I think anybody that's a student enough to sit there and watch knows exactly what he was saying. Mm. So, so what I'm saying is that. There cannot be simply because I disagree with your politics yeah. or you weren't my candidate of choice that I turn whatever I, whatever supposition I have about you into a reality. Yeah. And I can't then go out and find witnesses to corroborate what I want them what I want them to say. Yeah. Right. And then craft their testimony in a way to make sure that what I want them to say is exactly what is said. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I don't want you to question them. You on the opposite side, no, you don't get a chance to question. It's not your turn for questions. This is all about us. It's not how it works. And so I think the American people have have truly been been given an eye-opening display mm-hmm. of the hubris that 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 lives within those congressional walls. Mm-hmm. Because to me, this is what all this is about. This yeah. is just about pride. Oh, people are mad because they lost it. and they're still talking about it almost four years later we're still talking about it it's like guys it's over 
move on. Yeah. There's a next election in 2020. If you'd like to do something about it, get your best candidate, put your best foot forward, go yes. door to door and sell your platform. The problem is that your platform comes up just oh, man. zero. It's I horrible. mean, it just there's nothing about it. There's nothing there that says pro America, pro family, pro God, pro anything that I would be interested in. No. Right. There's no there. There, there is no there, there there <laughs> at isn't. all. It really isn't. And, it, and, you know, one of the things about it, like you brought up the fact about people saying, no, you don't get to question. One of the things I've come to learn about uh, when they're pitting sides against one another. Right. Uh, the side that always has the weakest uh, stand, the weakest argument, the weakest evidence, the weakest anything, mm. the side that is the weakest. Right. Is always that side that is trying to insulate itself from critique or cross-examination. That's absolutely right. <laughs> whenever, whenever they're like, okay, you can't say anything to me about that. No, that's irrefutable. Mm -hmm. And you, you, I've heard people <laughs> I've heard people stand up and, and talk about how, oh, that's fact. You, I mean, even in everyday conversation, that's facts. That's mm -hmm. facts. You saying something is facts. Does not. Does not. Does not. <laughs> does not. Cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Will not. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> Make it facts. It doesn't. And we need to scream that to people. <laughs> You calling something facts does not make it facts. Mm -hmm. You wanting it to be facts does not make it facts. Why? Because facts are not emotional. Right. Facts don't care. Right. They don't care about your wishes, your wants, your whims, your desires, your bents, your, your predetermined ideas. Right? They are just facts. And so we've got to get to the point where, man, we call out people on this because this is the one thing about the left that it totally turned me off from the left is that is what they do across the board no matter what the subject matter right. and they they usually devolve devolve into name calling mm -hmm. demonizing talking about people saying crazy things and get all off of the argument because they don't have one right. and they attempt to insulate themselves from any form of real critique or cross-examination of their ideas. Mm. And that's just a turnoff because if you've got anything worth anything, you'll put it out there to be dealt with. And, and that's a perfect segue into, into the video that we're about to show because that's exactly where we find ourselves now. The House committees have, have come together and they've decided that there are articles of impeachment to be placed against the president. Um, once it's voted on and once they decide that, yes, they're going to move forward, it goes to the Senate. Mm -hmm. And they're already trying to set up this this idea that, well, you know, we got to be able to determine what witnesses get to speak during the Senate trial. Because if we don't, then, then we know that the Republicans have hijacked the process, <laughs> right? Have taken control of it. And it's the same thing about the 2020 election that, you know, if we don't, if we're not able to get this impeachment to go through, then there's a real chance, a real, real chance that, that Ukraine is going to subvert the next, the next election. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ukraine. I mean, I, 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 I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm not trying but, to take anything from I mean, them. But look, it's it's evil, but it's evil genius. They're already trying Correct. to get into the 2020 election, Correct. right? Because they, they smell it coming. They have been. <laughs> they sense it coming. They know it's coming. And guess what? It's coming. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely coming. But hey, it, this is what they do. These are the, the tactics they use. But uh, let's check this, this uh, audio out. Senator Chuck Schumer ready to accuse Republicans of a cover-up 
It's another huge week on Capitol Hill. House Democrats are preparing a historic vote on impeachment. And then over in the Senate, Chuck Schumer says a trial won't be fair unless Republicans give into his demands on witnesses. Other Democrats are ramping up the rhetoric even further, claiming that if President Trump is not impeached, the 2020 election itself could be compromised. We cannot take the risk uh, that the next election will be corrupted through foreign interference solicited by the president, which, who, which he is clearly uh, trying to do. He withheld hundreds of millions of dollars to coerce an ally, uh, betray our national security, and try to cheat in the next election. If the Senate Republican yeah. majority uh, refuses to discipline him through impeachment, um, he will be unbounded. And I am gravely concerned about what else he might do between now and the 2020 election. And so interesting, right, that they they're already getting out in front of this. And like we said, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's make sure that whatever we can do to, to sway to what well, if we lose, then it's somebody's fault. Oh, yeah. If we win, then it's all our genius. Oh, yeah. But either way, you know what I mean? We're yeah, going to take we all win, the credit. We, we stood up against the, the devil. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we aligned ourselves against the forces of evil and we took it down. Absolutely. But if we if we lose, then the forces of evil were just too great and we've got to keep fighting. I'm telling you. Right. right. So it sets them up to be able to preoccupy themselves politically mm -hmm. after the loss with mm -hmm. something. Right. And, and we're supposed to believe that, that Trump is going out of his way to solicit assistance from Ukraine, nonetheless to get involved in, in the 2020 election. Now, now most of us, I'm sure if, if we were watching the news at all, what is that, two weeks ago, would have seen the video and, and, and at least the parodies of Trump being laughed at behind his back by, I think it was the G20 or the G8, what were they? I can't quite remember. Mm -hmm. But uh, Macron and the and President, uh, or, or excuse me, the, the guy from Canada, they were all together laughing about Trump running late because he was doing some type of press tour or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But but I'm saying all that to say that when when foreign leaders um, feel the need to laugh about you behind your back, it's because <laughs> they would never say that to your face. It's because, honestly, they don't feel comfortable telling you exactly how they feel about you or your behavior or decorum. Mm -hmm. So they get all together, you know, the little the little people that they are. And they talk about you behind your back. So I'm saying all that to say that I just don't, I do not believe, I don't believe that the Ukraine story is reasonable or even really possible considering that Ukraine has been a very unstable entity anyway. I mean, mm -hmm. when you think about it on the world stage, they, I mean, part of the issue that Trump has with Ukraine is the fact that they have been rife with corruption. Yeah. Right. And so part of what he told them was that, hey, I'm going to really need some proof. I want to see that you guys are making because they have a new president. Yeah. I want to see that you guys are making strides to do what you say that you want to do in turning Ukraine around. And if I don't see that, then I'm not feeling really good about releasing any money to you, which is when, you know, Democrats say, well, see, you know, he's getting really close to quid pro quo. Oh, and then at the end of his conversation, he says something about you know, Biden and whatever. Yeah. But he never says, you know, please go out of your way to to investigate Biden. Make sure you bring me back whatever you find and then I'll release the <laughs> money to you. Then I'll allow you to come visit me in the White House. Like none of that happened. There was no, no quid pro quo. No. So, you know, the, the facts of the case are just there. They can't be. I mean, you can't get over them you can't get around them you can't try to retell them any they are what they are and mm -hmm. so it's it's just very interesting 
that, like I said, that that the the Democrats and I hate to just keep the Democrats, the Democrats. But I hate to to keep saying that. But that's what we've created, right? That it is oh, yeah. a very partisan, yeah, us versus them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Red versus blue. That's what it is. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, as we see some of this un- unfold, and I don't know what's going to happen in the Senate. I don't. I don't know if they're going to be like, hey, let's let it all hang out. Let's let everybody watch everything. All the witnesses. We're going to get up here. We're going to. We're going to call everybody mm-hmm. or if they're going to just sit back and say, well, we really don't need to do all that. You don't have the votes. And that's it, because we know that they don't have the votes. Well, like I said, for me, the whole thing is just all about the left and the American people. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the whole thing's about. I, I think it's it's I mean, Trump is he's unnerving for them because he he is not someone who can be. Um, kind of reduced to silence. He's not someone that's going to kowtow and, and play the games. He's not a politician. He's got a Twitter account, and <laughs> and so he can he can subvert the the mainstream media and go around them, right? And he can go straight to the people and say something and say what he wants to say, and and so of course they don't like him. But it's really about the left and America. Um. It's about the left putting forth its best effort post Obama its best candidate putting forth its best I mean every cog in the machine was humming Mm -hmm. Hollywood Mm -hmm. the media right the biggest and the brightest of celebrities and stars you had Hillary Clinton she's been in, in in public service for almost as long as I am have been old right and you, you've got all this huge machine that was created. They, they're ready to go in. They're ready to do this. And then, of course, we're running against Donald Trump. <laughs> you mean the dude on television? The, the, you're fired. You mean the, the, the real estate mogul from New York that everybody knows and rappers have been rapping about for a decade or so. And people have been taking pictures with ringside seats at the fights and this, that and the other. And, and oh, you know, that's Donald Trump. What on earth? Why on earth would anybody? We got this sewed up. I mean, this is done. This is finished. And we've done our job. The, 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 the whole the cog in the engine of the educational system. Right. You've got upper academia. On the university campuses, they're teaching, they're indoctrinating, they're putting it into the students' head. I mean, this is this is a slam dunk. Right. And the American people say, nah, we're going with Trump. And I think that registered in a personal way on the left. Mm-hmm. It registered to every every big bucks, <laughs> every billionaire on that side, every person that was pulling the strings, all the lobbyists, all the people. And this is now their way, right? They cannot digest that the American people could take the full brunt of that machine mm-hmm. and still say no. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe they know how to let that go. go. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate sign of pride, right? And hubris, right? You just can't let it go. You mm-hmm. go, you go, I don't know why you don't love me. It's like the, like the <laughs> crazed psychopath, right? In the relationship with the woman. And she's like, I just, it, you, it's just not us. I don't, I, I'm not feeling you. And he's like, no, you're going to love me. Mm-hmm. And so he resorts to control, mm-hmm. right? He resorts to psychopathic behavior, right? And abuse. And, and these people, 
these people, it's really similar because they cannot let the American people alone. They have to keep harassing us on television. They have to keep harassing us in every interview. They have to create stories, make up stuff, bring pull rabbits out of a hat, try to anyway, Mm -hmm. just to keep preoccupying our attention and beating a dead horse. And the American people are sitting there and I humbly believe I'm not by myself in, in that, that there are a lot of American people, whether conservative or not, independent, you name it, who are just like, we tired, boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we tired of listening to y'all. It's gotten old on both it's, sides. It's, oh, yeah. On both sides. On both, it's over. It's done. It's, it, we're about that action now. Right. Where are the fruit? Where is the fruit? Where, where is the manifestation? And, and here's the thing about Trump's presidency. It's bearing fruit. And so America is at a point where we're tired of listening to it, but the left cannot let it go. And it's really about them and us. Sure. And they just cannot. They don't. And they're setting up 2020 mm-hmm. to be able to, to to be able to marginalize the choice of the American people. Absolutely. And if because, he wins, yeah. it's like, oh, it was in the bag anyway. They yeah, already, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're setting it up to kind of stroke themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and get ready for the loss. So. I think, you know, the biggest thing about Donald Trump is that every day he's like a, a walking middle finger to, to <laughs> I don't mean that to be crass. I'm just being honest. He is a walking middle finger to all of the bureaucrats. And like you said, all the big money donors, yes. all of the people who went out of their way to coalesce behind a candidate by the name of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And, and when her name did not get called, when she had to pick up that phone and, and give her congratulations to President Trump, um, mm. That was a that was a sobering, if All not if not soul crushing um, <laughs> defeat. And it I th- was. and I think the one thing about President Trump is is that he was able to not only say drain the swamp, but he was able to actually do it. Mm-hmm. In that he was not someone that had been mentored, shaped, molded. You know, he wasn't that guy. No, he was somebody that came down on the escalator that I myself was like, nah, nah, bro, I ain't doing that. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan. Yeah. OK, um, but but in all in, in all seriousness, though, it was exactly what was necessary because there's no one that would have had the type of gumption and and the type of courage to do the things that he has done. And yeah. that's part of what m- makes this, you know, really the impeachment that it is is because he told them i don't need you mm-hmm. right? That's right i can i no can doubt. go out i can do my own diplomacy That's i can it. chart my own path i don't need to go and get your subject matter experts i don't have to go out and say i would really really appreciate if you served in my cabinet i mean golly gee willikers you would just be the best person no. ever no. no i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna find the people that i feel like can do the job the That's best it. and i don't care if you know them or don't know them that's right and so it it's really been this earth shattering. Oh my gosh, this guy really does believe to the that he can do what he wants. To the establishment, to the establishment on both sides. On both of sides. Of the political line. And yeah. now Republicans are having to really say, do we, do we really want to stake our claim on trying to be a never Trumper? Yeah. Or, or are we going to ride this roller coaster? <laughs> because we said. That these are policies that were important. Oh, yeah. So we can't get picky about no, how no, these policies no. get done. Exactly. Right? Because we said this is what was important. But that's the thing about the left. The left, God bless them, they, they, they are so personally invested in their beliefs. I'm telling you. 
that they can they can see policies that they say are important to them, but if it does not come through or is fostered by the right person, they cannot get with it. They can't. <laughs> they will sit there. I mean, prison reform has been uh, one of the things that supposedly those on the left, the intellectuals on the left, the public figures on the left, both black, white, you name it, uh, are, are the ones who, who you know, we got to do something about, you know, the 13th Amendment and these these three strikes and these kids and, 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 and yada, yada, yada. Now, keep in mind, it is the Clinton administration that we can thank for three strikes and you're, and you're and out. The school, right. the prison pipeline that, we've, that, exactly. that has been created. We can thank the left for what the left says. They're, they're such an advocate for changing. Mm-hmm. And so here they are trumpeting that, <laughs> no pun intended, but here comes President Trump. And and with not a lot of fanfare, because nobody wants to make that public, Mm-mm. right? Here he comes in, and he does it bipartisan, working across the aisle, gets it done. Mm-hmm. Gets the thing done. Not talking about it, about that action mm-hmm. is done. But the left, they can't, it's like, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just can't, they can't give it up. But that's where President Trump, the one thing about him in all of his his myriad of, of ways mm-hmm. <laughs> that everybody had, they love or dislike or whatever, he is a reflection of the exhaustion of the American people with politics as usual. Yes, sir. That is what he is. We were tired of it. We're still, t- still tired of it, and we don't want to see it anymore. We, we want to see action. We want people to get in the office, do what they say, be about the business of of making the American uh, people, um, making America great, making America good, making America whatever you want to make it, sure. right? In pos- in the positive, right? And so, and not just talking, because we've heard decades of rhetoric, decades of speeches, decades of demagoguery, decades of all types of philosophy and ideas and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we are in a presidency that is about action. Mm-hmm. And it's refreshing whether people like to admit it or not. It is it is something that I, I, I hope sets a precedent mm-hmm. for all politicians moving forward to say, look, the American people spoke up very clearly in 2016. And, and it looks like speaking up very clearly in 2020. And we better listen to what they're saying. But it's also just like you've talked about before that, you know, he is trying to reestablish a culture in Washington and, and he's going to get a lot of pushback because there are people who've lived in Washington for decades. And benefited from and the old way. Very much so. So they have a lot invested mm-hmm. in keeping things status quo. No doubt. So I don't care that you won the election. Congratulations. Come on in here. Sit with me. Let me tell you how this is going to work. Yeah. Right? Because I don't have to be president to make sure that I mold and, and train you oh, yes. and keep you in line. And that's exactly what it is. So when you have a guy that says, you know what, Nancy Pelosi, look at her teeth. She can't even keep her teeth in. You know what I mean? When he (laughs) gets on Twitter talking about stuff that people are like, what the heck? (laughs) Why is he talking about her teeth? (laughs) I mean, it seems it seems simple, but it's not. It's it's a constant reminder to all of them that I don't pay homage to you. I don't owe you anything. I'm here doing my job. And if you get in my way, then. And know. once again, though, it's also a reflection of the American people. Correct, because that's Ameri- how we are. Yeah, the American people are like, you know, we don't care either. We tired of these people acting like this. 
Correct. You know, we're, we're fed up with it. And so he gets to say these things. And the biting part about it is, is that there is a country behind him. Yeah. And, and they may not they may not dig all of his antics, all of his tweets and all of that. But at the end of the day, they're like, you know what? That was a little petty, but you know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I'm serious. And, 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 and we're, we're standing there and we're watching this and we're, we're really are finding a refreshing, uh, a, a joy <laughs> in the fact that the whole establishment in politics is being just, just ran over yeah. by this rock. That's just come rolling they down through Babylon. They just don't know Babylon, what to do. Right? They don't know where to stand. They don't know where <laughs> they to shake know hands. What to do they have no clue. Man, it's a good day, though. I like it. I like it because politics needs that. So I want to play another video. This is Robert De Niro, and he's on The View. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I just thought, whoa, that's, that's, that's pretty strong language. So we'll, we'll play this. We'll come back, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back. You, you haven't been here for a little while, but... Um, you've been an outspoken critic of you-know-who in the White House since before he took office, and we've been talking about the impeachment conversation. Now, what, what have you been thinking about in terms of <laughs> impeachment, the hearings? Have you watched any of them? Or? I've, I've watched some. I, I think uh, no, matter what, no matter what happens, which we know probably in the Senate he won't get convicted or whatever, but... Uh, it, he, we have to do this. It's, um, we have to go through the motions. Symbolically, it means something. It's a taint on his presidency, a more than a taint. It's a stain, one that he deeply deserves. So, uh, yes, we will go through it and take our chances. We have to take our chances, no matter what. He's going to try and use it, that he got ahead of it, he beat it like a gangster. I, I beat the rap, I beat them like the Teflon Don, but he... He has to take that punishment. Yeah. He has to. He, he has to pay the consequences. Mm -hmm. Even, if, even if you think that, <laughs> even if that means that could risk Republicans. Could we don't have time for the, that. He election. did something right. wrong. He has to pay for it. Period. Right. You know, we agree with you. Um, I was reading the New York Times Magazine an, an interview you did. Um, yeah. for the Irishman, and um, it, you say that you would never play Trump because he has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. So wait, so I, I just oh. let me finish this because you have played some of the most really unredeemable characters. Travis Bickle, <laughs> Travis Bickle was a psychopathic taxi driver. <laughs> Jake LaMotta, who used to beat his wife and he was in the Raging Bull. Uh, is Trump worse than they are? To me, he is. <laughs> wow. Because he has no understanding that I can see of the outside world uh, other than anything around him. He has no idea of what his purpose in life is as the president should be. And that is to pull the country together, to be f for the people, to heal wounds, not to open them up and, mm -hmm. and pour salt on them. He, he's, uh, he's uh, I always say, he's a lowlife. Yeah. He's yeah. a lowlife. So... Very interesting, right? That it seems very personal for Bobby. I don't know if he and Trump and Bobby had some issues. They must have. Maybe a they had a, a, a ex girlfriend that dated Trump. I don't know. It's something very personal, though, <laughs> wow. and it, and it's very telling because he's he's always just. I mean, everywhere he goes, and he's. he's I mean, very it, it's, caustic I mean, about it. And it's usually that was more tame than I've seen him. I mean, he's usually is is cursing and. Oh I mean, yeah. He's man. He's flummoxed. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
I just, it sounds like something's wrong with your stomach. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you got a you full flummoxed. of scuttle, full of scuttlebutt. <laughs> but here's the thing about this. Okay, so here is this accusation levied against the president of being a divider in chief, right? He's supposed to bring people together, and he doesn't understand anything outside of his own circle of existence, basically. Now, the implication in a statement like that means that evidently he lives in somewhat of a bubble of his own wealth, his own privilege, and so forth and so on, and that allows him to be some type of blowhard or whatever, (laughs) right? And so, therefore, if that is true about him, right, Mm -hmm. then... He has no understanding of the outside world, so he doesn't know what would benefit the outside world. Even though he's lived in the outside world. Even though he's lived in the outside <laughs> world. So he, he doesn't understand anything outside of his little bubble, his little sphere, his little... Because he's been rich forever, right? Because he was yeah. born with a golden spoon, so, I mean, yeah. a silver spoon, so he knows, you know, that's yeah. all he knows. And so so here here he is in the bubble, and here he, he's, he's the bubble president, and he's the divider-in-chief, and he doesn't understand anything. He doesn't understand what it means to be the president of the United States is what he says. But now here is the report card on president Trump. This is the bubble guy. This is the guy who does not understand us out here. Right. But under his administration, almost 4 million jobs have been created since his, since his election for us. More Americans are now employed than ever recorded before in our history. We have created more than 400,000 manufacturing jobs since his election. Manufacturing jobs are growing at the fastest rate in more than three decades. Economic growth last quarter hit 4.2%. The new unemployment claims recently hit a 49-year low. Median household income has hit the highest level ever recorded in the country. African-American unemployment has recently achieved the lowest rate ever recorded. Hispanic American employment at its lowest rate ever recorded. Asian American unemployment at its lowest rate ever recorded. Women's, oh, this, this, this misogynist in chief. <laughs> Women's unemployment recently reached the lowest rate in 65 years. Youth unemployment has recently hit the lowest rate in nearly half a century. And, and I mean, on and on it goes. Uh, under his administration, veterans unemployment recently reached its lowest rate in nearly 20 years. Almost 3.9 million Americans have been lifted off food stamps since the election. Uh, 95% of U.S. manufacturers are optimistic about the future. That's the highest ever. Retail sales surged last month, up another 6% over the last year. Um, th- do I need to keep going? I, I mean, because it's, it's a lot. Do, do you think they need to hear all of this? I'm good. You're good? I believe you. Sign the bill. <laughs> and this is, this is right off the White House. I mean, you can go to whitehouse.gov. You can look this stuff up yourself. Sign the biggest package of tax cuts and reforms in history. After tax cuts, over $300 billion poured back into the U.S. in the first quarter alone. As a result of our tax bill, small businesses have the lowest top marginal tax rate in more than 80 years. Hooray for small businesses. That's the backbone of the economy. Mm-hmm. Got to take care of them. Helped, um, this is a little side note, but helped win the U.S. bid for the 2028 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. I mean, they haven't been there in, gosh, I can't remember the last time. It was, Atlanta was, mm-hmm. what, 96? Somewhere yes. around, anyway. Um, oh, gosh, it just keeps going. Record number of regulations eliminated, enacted regulatory relief for community banks and credit unions. Obamacare individual mandate penalty gone. Uh, gosh, man. 
signed right to try legislation, secured $6 billion in new funding to fight the opioid epidemic, and on and on and on and on and on and on it goes. And that's for the American people Mm -hmm. that he does not understand Mm -mm. how to be the president for, that he does not understand what is going on in their lives, Mm -hmm. that he does not understand their burden, their issues, their problems. Because I guess it was it was better if if or it would be better if he chose to maybe have had a a beer summit after Charlottesville. (laughs) Yeah. Is that what everybody was waiting for? Yeah. And and then maybe the you know the entire country would see that he he wants to bring people together or ultimately maybe the american people are like dude none of that none of those optics matter to me but i can tell you what does matter to me what matters to me is that i feel safe when i leave my home i feel safe that when i go to my job if i if i want to leave this job i can go find another job mm-hmm. if i if i lose this job i can go find another job that my children are are able to go to to good schools with good teachers and have an opportunity and a path for success. Those are things that matter to yes. me. Yes. Right? The idea that he walked in the office and said, you know, we're going to get rid of some of this regulatory burden that's been placed on the American people by the previous administration. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and roll that stuff back. Yeah. Well, hallelujah, because most of us roll don't, it up don't roll read it out. most of that stuff anyway. No. I have no idea what's impeding forward progress for the country. No. But a lot of that lies in, in all of those little small sentences that they that they pack into federal regulations. And you find out, oh, my gosh, you know. Tell me what I can do, because it's probably a shorter list than what I <laughs> what I can't do. That's for sure. And of course, I didn't even mention the First Step Act, the prison reform bill. Uh, ec- I mean, urban revitalization, the things that are going on in the, in the urban cities, not to mention uh, the roundtable they just recently had to discuss, you know, school choice and education, the changes in education. After that list of things. Mm-hmm. Right from this this president who doesn't understand us it is it is a huge revelation that i hope you the listening audience comes away with and that it, it's it's this after what you heard robert de niro accuse the president of and after what you just heard the president has and is accomplishing who doesn't understand who Like it's got to be something personal because he can't find nothing. Who doesn't understand who? Who isn't? Who is or who isn't living outside of that bubble? You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And so this is the thing. (laughs) This is the thing about the left, man. They're always the hardest. You you know what the left struggles bit with by what they are always accusing everybody else of. Absolutely. Because they are so hard. They project. I'm telling you, they are the biggest projectors I have ever seen. It is like projection is standard if you're you're liberal. That's right. You're going to be hard on people for things that you are struggling with. Mm -hmm. But that's what conscience does to you. Mm -hmm. Right? It It tells on you. Right? It makes you super hard on people over things that you know yourself you're battling with, you're dealing with. And, and when you listen to uh, Robert De Niro, God bless him, love him as an actor, always been a De Niro fan, you know, all, you know. Hey, <laughs> Bobby D. Hey, Bobby D was my man <laughs> as long as he stayed on the screen and did, you know, but now he's just gone off the, like, what's going on, brother? But, but at the end of the day, out of all due respect, he, he embodies what you see a lot of on the left. Sure. And... And it's it's so sad because they get on and they say all of these things, but to me, 
they show their hand. They show that they are the ones out of touch. They are the ones separate. They are the ones that are elite. They are the ones living in the bubble, and they don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on in America with the American people. Well, look, I I just pray that that as this goes on, irrespective of how it how it works out, I, I think Trump is going to be just fine. I, I just really I hate to see so much time invested, wasted, dollars wasted. Uh, on something that honestly is just it, it, there's just no like you said there's no there there there's no reason for us to be doing all of this no. uh, and ultimately there are far more important things in the world thankful that President Trump keeps his eye on the ball hadn't spent a whole lot of time trying to to get involved and down in the weeds with all of this because honestly there's a country to run you ain't got time to do that no um, so I just again you don't have to take our word for it ever on this program. Nobody, nobody's trying to get on here and, and proselytize or get people to, to become conservatives or see it our way. As much as it is that in, in any free thinking society, we should be able to do exactly that, which is to think freely yes. for ourselves. Yes. To go out and look at things rationally and critically yes. um, and to ask questions and to get answers and also find answers, not just on the right, but on the left as well. And then bring those two two sides together and say, well, which one adds up and which one doesn't? Yeah. And if I'm a truth <laughs> lover and a truth truth seeker, I have no preferences that's for correct. where that's found. That is correct. You know, I, I really don't care. I don't care if I find the truth in red or blue. <laughs> you know, I could care less what color it is. Yes, sir. I'm looking for the truth, and the truth is is in in as they say, the proof is in the pudding. And man, uh, the record is in, and the things that are happening in this country. It, it, I mean, they're unprecedented in our in our entire history. And so it's an awesome thing to see. It's refreshing to see. And we want to see even more of it. But that's all the time that we have for you today here on Culture and Convictions. Look, we hey, we do it like we do it. We get on here, we talk about it, and we call it as we see it. Uh, like this podcast, share it with your, your family, your friends. Get the conversation started because we believe we are bettered when we have conversations that are centered around uh, a desire for the truth right so until next time god bless you we love you merry christmas merry christmas